Hi, I'm Brendan Dunn. Matt Welty. I'm Joel Puma from the Complex Sneakers Podcast. And this is a Staycast from Acast. I know it's a challenging time for many. But please do follow your local government's advice. I'm based out of New York City and I'm currently practicing social distancing. While you're staying at home or doing social distancing, here's a recommendation for another great podcast for you to listen to. Why not try Load Management or Watch Less? Available on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? To kick things off this week, we need to thank our Patreon subscribers. We would like to thank Cassandra Jansen, Dominic Paterzo, Justin C. Orton, Fishhead, Rachel Bolden, Michelle Dunn, Ren Bridges, Danny, Hard Zero, Dre, Audrea, Audrea. I thought about this earlier, I don't know which one it is. Drea. Ali C. Ryan Jones. Kyla Gonzalez. Courtney Poltz. Michelle Book. Bon Schweetz. Noah Womack Jones. Baby Godzilla. Sophie Miller. And Matt Toppin, who I believe is a Gunners fan. And thank you all so much for your Patreon subscribers. You know, this week I thought, I said to Dan, oh, we're kind of losing Patreon subscribers. So I think we've plateaued. I think I think this is the extent that we're going to get. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. You guys came out in force, and now we have, like, 318 Patreon subscribers, which is mental. So good. Thank and you And it makes much. me, I literally sit there, and I'm like, this is it. This is going to be my career. I'm going to buy a mansion. I'm going to be famous. None of that's going to happen. But it still makes me really happy. 318 of you. Thank you. We love you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it so much. You're amazing. Our film review this week. Beam, beam, beam. We went to the cinema. We did. We went to the cinema to see It Chapter 2. It Chapter 2 was released in 2019. It has 7 out of 10 on IMDb and 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis now? Go for it. Defeated by members of the Losers Club, the evil clown Pennywise returns 27 years later to terrorise the town of Derry, Maine once again. Now adults, the childhood friends have long since gone their separate ways. But when people start disappearing, Mike Hanlon calls the others home for one final stand. Damaged by scars from the past, the United Losers must conquer their deepest fears to destroy the shape-shifting Pennywise, now more powerful than ever. Dun-dun-dun! I just want to, before we start talking about the film, I fucking hate the cinema. I've decided that. (laughs) Why is it necessary for people to eat at their loudest in the cinema? The constant rustling of bags of popcorn made me want to die several times during that film yesterday. And also, some dickhead left their phone on, so their phone started ringing in the middle of it. Like, if you're going to the cinema, just get something nice, like ice cream. Do you know what I mean? Get something soft. Something that doesn't rustle. Something that's not going to make loads of noise. And it really annoyed me yesterday. I spent most of the film just glaring at people who were annoying me. Do you know what really annoys me about the cinema these days? Me. (laughs) No. They have to leave that strip of emergency lighting on down the middle. It's so annoying. I want to watch a film in the dark. I don't want lights on in the middle. We had lights on the whole time yesterday. Yeah, but then people like me would stack it down the stairs if they needed to go for a wee. Yeah, light the stairs. Don't have lights above you. That yeah, like I guess. That usually defeats the purpose of being in the cinema. But what were your thoughts on the film? 
I realised about an hour into it that the original film was really long. And this... <laughs> what was that? Fuck me, what was that? I think it was your uh, fizzy bottle, maybe. That's what I'm hoping it is. I'm not looking. I can't, I'm just not going to look no. either. Let's continue. So, you, <laughs> I really hope that that was picked up on the mic. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the, so, yeah, and this one was obviously going to be long and I hadn't really braced myself for it. And I also feel like we should have watched the first part again before we went in. Because oh, I spent I... the first hour going, can't remember what happened in the last film. Who's that? When did that happen? Oh, yeah. There was so much of it that I, like, couldn't remember. To the degree where on the way home, I was like, Dan, I think I have dementia because I don't remember any of the stuff that <laughs> happened in the first... Like, I don't remember anything of it. Well, I got to it eventually, but I... I really didn't, I was though. like, oh, we really should have watched the first part again. Yeah, we probably should have. But I, your thoughts on the film itself? It was about an hour too long, but other than that, I quite enjoyed it. I can't manage a long film, and I can't... It's debatable whether you can manage a film full stop. Really. I can't manage being in that kind of confined space for a long period of time. The film itself is three hours long. That is a long haul for anybody. You know, by the end of it, I was like, I don't even care if you defeat Pennywise or not. I literally just want to get out of here. And then, you know, after the final battle, there was the fucking epilogue to go as well. I was like, oh, Jesus, how many more hours can this thing be dragged out for? It was outrageously long. It was ridiculously long. I do feel like these days that if you've got a decent length book that you want to turn into something visual, go for a Netflix series. Yeah, I agree. This, I think this would have been an amazing Netflix series, actually, yeah. now that you mention it. Because it's all, obviously, if you've seen the first one, you know it's all about Pennywise comes to you in the form of your biggest fear. He shows you your biggest fears, which is really, like, it's really clever. And it, you could have a whole series of it. It'd be amazing. And, like, there was some of the fears that really, I was like, oh, that's disgusting. And other ones that I was like, that's actually just really funny. I laughed very inappropriately, I think, a number of no, times during a, this there film. There was a lot of funny moments in that film. Though. It's hilarious. It's really well written in terms of its humour. Like, it is it is genuinely a very funny film but bits I think that were meant to be scary I found very funny and I really think if you're going to do like a really camp uh, gory ridiculous horror make it an hour and a half make it quick make it funny oh it's just it, I, I don't know I think you've it, not seen the original have you no I haven't so the original was one film and I, f- I swear it's like nearly four hours long it potentially is I've not seen it which is surprising because I'm obsessed with Tim Curry but I do think Pennywise is also a little bit sexy, though. Did you think that? No, I, f- I found him... Like, I didn't in the first one, but in the second one, I found him hilarious. Like, I just thought he was this really, like, funny camp character. And I don't think that's what he was supposed to be. No. But it didn't ruin it. I still thought it was a good film. Like, you came out of it saying you hated it, but I think it was the length. I don't think it was a bad movie. No, now that I've reflected on it, I think yeah. it's because I was so bored. And I was... <laughs> I, I, we had gone for dinner beforehand, so I was full of food. I was sleepy. I had a drive home. I just couldn't be arsed. So that's why I think I said I hated it. I don't think I hated it. There were bits of it that I really enjoyed. And I think I mostly enjoyed Stephen King, his exploration of relationships and how your parents fuck you up. And like the things, you know, there's this... And how friendships as your kids very rarely stay to friendships. Yeah. and, And what that means then when you're an adult and you kind of meet these people again who you were best, best friends with when you were younger. And actually that stuff I really liked. Like the human element of it, I really liked. Didn't find it scary, found it boring. I actually found it quite confusing at times. It was quite convoluted. It was, I wasn't, quite, it was quite confusing, I'll give you that. I wasn't it, clear on a, what, a lot of stuff. 100% made me jump more than it should yeah. have. Fuck me. You were <laughs> jumping at stuff that was like a blind man could see it coming and Dad's like jumping. I also jumped at stuff that nobody else jumped at as well. Like, for example, when a bug comes out of the 
um, skirting board when the girl is lifting the skirting board off, which isn't even supposed to be scary. That made me jump for some reason. I was just on edge. I think I spent about half an hour of that film just laughing at Dan. (laughs) Just laughing at him jumping at things. Genuinely about half an hour. But none of it... Like, I did say to you when I got home, I was like, I'm probably going to have dreams about this. And I didn't, because it obviously wasn't that scary. But I did find... I wasn't actually scared by anything. It was just the jump scares really got me in this film for some reason. Even when I knew they were coming. I was just like... No, I think if you're going to this film expecting to be scared, don't bother. Like, it's not a really scary film. I'm going to make a statement that might annoy people. It's a fun film. It was fun to watch. I think you enjoyed the jump scares rather than it being like a jump scare. Oh God, this is awful. It's like, it's a laughing kind of jump scare. Sorry, make your statement. And then I don't I'll think Stephen King does horror. I'm I feel yet, like this might be the death of the podcast. I'm yet to see anything that's made me truly scary. And all it made me do all the way through that movie was wish that someone would make films out of James Herbert's books. The Shining? Okay, The Shining. That's oh, yeah, pretty okay. scary. Right, okay, okay. Yes, I'll take that one. He also had that series about a hospital, about an abandoned hospital. Oh, I um, that one. And one time, I was in hospital, I think, get my tonsils out. Years and years, when I was about 14 or 15. And his, that abandoned hospital thing had been made into a series. Somebody messaged me and let me know what it's called, because I don't remember. And I'd had one of the books, and it was a whole series of books, and I'd had one of them. Somebody made it into a TV series. I was the only person on my ward <laughs> they were at that point of changeover where they were moving all the like patients that could go home were all moved out and it was just me and I was too afraid to get up to go to the toilet in the middle of the night because I had to walk the length of the ward to go to the toilet nearly died was so freaked out but like you said it was a series so it probably works better as a series so I don't know maybe I need to read more of this stuff maybe that's the problem maybe I just haven't read maybe because there's a lot of I guess so much of that horror that comes from all fiction is it's psychological in your head isn't it yeah I mean it does take a lot to try. like the stuff that we the stuff that we saw on the screen last night probably was really scary in a book but it's very hard to visualise without it looking a little bit ridiculous if you think yeah. about all the things we saw without giving away any spoilers I think it was well CGI'd I think like the oh, monsters in it looked good I just have to say I am giving this 5 out of 5 for one thing what? the transitions in this film are beautiful yeah they were stunning the oh, jigsaw one at the beginning was it, gorgeous all of it is love. all the transitions in this film are so well done just made me nerd out for a little bit. Yeah, that's all right. Loved it. You looked very happy just when you said that. <laughs> um, the other, the, the thing, so I'm going to go first with my star rating, I think. I'm going to give it three and a half. Now, I've really thought about this. It's not bad enough to be a three, but I still don't think it was good enough to be a four. I think it's way too long and I can't get over that. I got really bored and I just wanted it to be over. If you're going to be scared, don't bother. The other thing, which is a very personal thing, was that there was such an amount of vomiting in this film. Which makes me want to die. There's three bits of vomiting. Well. Yeah, and that, that, that's a lot for one film. That's a Not lot. Not three hours. It's one every hour. Yeah, and I can't be dealing with that. I don't need that in my life. You know, I don't need... Ooh, just, just really freaked me out. Um, that's about it. I just thought it was okay. It's fun. It's fun. I would recommend going to like... It's a good sleepover film, I think. One that you'd watch with your friends. Or go to the cinema with your friends. If you're going to go... But a lot of people were saying that it's really true to the book. I don't know. I haven't read the book. So maybe that's... Maybe for Stephen King fans, they might absolutely love it. But three and a half for me. I'll go for a four. Because I think there was a lot of good moments in this. It was just too long. That was the biggest problem with it for me. Because we've seen the first part. Because we'd seen the first part. I wasn't going into it thinking it was going to be I mean, scary. I don't know if I have seen the first part. Because I didn't you, fucking remember you, any of it. definitely there. We watched the I was like, who's that guy? <laughs> and you were like, that's the guy that, you know, broke the kid's arm in the first one. I was like, what? Whose arm? <laughs> Who is he? Couldn't remember any of it. 
And then I didn't, so there's loads of flashbacks and there's like stuff that happens in their childhood that you don't see in the first film. And I was like, wait, did it, was that in the first film or was it not? Because I don't remember the first film, so I don't know what I meant to know and what I meant to not know. So anyway, I just have no attention spans. That's my own fault. Oh, because we've seen the first one. I wasn't going into it thinking it was going to be scary particularly. So, yeah, it's true. Um, that didn't disappoint me. And I did have just some jump scares as I told you more than I should have. Um, it was just too long. That's the only reason I'm taking a mark off. Because actually, as a story and as a film, it was really well shot. Um, it was a little bit confusing. But I, part of that was the length, I think, and watching something in two parts that we hadn't seen the first part of recently. I think it was actually a good, a decent enough film. Just needed to be in about an hour short. Shall we crack on with our stories? Let's do it. I'm going to tell you one of my own stories first. Okay. Because this podcast has ruined me. Do you remember in the beginning, I was like, I don't believe people's ghost stories, blah, blah, blah. I was sitting in my car during the week when you were away, having a fag cigarette for American <laughs> listeners. Again, not setting fire to gay people, not moonlighting as, as a raging homophobic murderer, having a cigarette, right? And I was sitting in my car and it was quite late. It was like 11 o'clock and it was dark on our street and whatever. And I'm sitting there and then all I hear is this whistling and I nearly shit myself I think I probably would have I was like that's it like I'm and it wasn't a tune like it wasn't a song it was like a repeat repeated repeated series of notes and I was like oh my god it's fucking followed me the whistler is real I'm going I mean I don't know what the whistler does I don't know what his intention is but either way it's evil and I'm gonna die in this car in my tiny Yaris smoking a cigarette and it was it was just a man it was just a normal man it was it was just a normal <laughs> man just walked past, your car. Just walked past my Couldn't car really whistle. <laughs> but i i honestly I, I honestly sat in my car and i was like i cannot believe this is fucking happening to me and all these things were going through my head i was like i have to stay in the house on my own tonight like what am i going to do oh my god is he going to attack bim what the fuck is going to happen nothing was going to happen he was just walking home he was just walking home Happened jolly whistling a tune <laughs> And I nearly lost my... I'm surprised I didn't, like, attack him. Imagine poor if man. he was, like, rowing a boat down our street. <laughs> <laughs> then you would have been really worried. Like Phantom of the Opera style with a smoke machine. Oh, okay. Uh, We're going to get started on our stories this week. Are you ready? Yes. I've got three stories for you, and they're three listeners' stories. I'm a little bit on edge, I have to say. Why? Because I didn't sleep very well last night. Oh, okay. And I just... You're just feeling a bit edgy? Just feeling a bit edgy. Okay, well... So if I start crying during a podcast... I'll please don't start us. crying. Please don't. <laughs> so our first story comes from Lexi. So thank you, Lexi, thank you. for your story. My stories involve some entities that I actually see or sense in the most undesired way. There is a man in a small brimmed hat that I see pacing outside of my bedroom door at night time. Oh, Every time he comes around, I get the feeling that he wants to scare me, or maybe even more than scare me. When I see him, I see his silhouette, only it appears to be made out of water or smoke. When he's pacing, he always makes it a point to keep his head pointed directly at me. Even stranger is that if you're facing the bedroom door from inside of it, there is a wall to the left and a bookcase on the right. So it always appears as if he's going down a cleared path or a hallway of sorts and coming back around to stare. Worst yet, he only comes at night and when my fiancé is not there. Oh no. The second of these stories involves a friend's home that we stay at occasionally to house sit or stay the weekend at to hang out. 
At night we would stay in his sister's room, as she had been away for a long time. In her room is the pull-down door for the attic, which is always ajar and I've never seen it completely closed. Our dog, who we bring with us, will bark very loudly with his fur up down the hallway of that bedroom and our friend's bedroom. Every time we try to debunk it and put him near the ferret cage or in the rooms, he won't make a peep. Just the hallway. And at night he would sleep with us in there very quietly. But every time I sleep, I always get the feeling that someone or something is watching me from up above. And from outside. So outside I've sensed this evil thing. I can't really describe it, but it likes to pace outside of the kitchen window and make its way towards the bedrooms. It likes to look into every window, including the slider of the room we stay in. It's big and dark. It moves very slowly. But for some reason, it appears that their house is protected and it cannot get in. I've heard both accounts from friends without first giving them any inkling of my accounts and they have confirmed both. At my house, they woke up in the middle of the night and found a deep, dark shadow staring at them in the corner, which prompted an early leave. At our mutual friend's home, they have seen or felt both of the entities that I described. And no, Dan, I don't think it's infrasound, because my fiancé <laughs> thinks that we're all just being crazy. <laughs> and that was Lexi's story, so short and sweet, but absolutely horrifying. So is, the thing, is this a giant thing, then? I do see there's different entities isn't there there's the man in the hat yeah who's little who's well he's not you're making a a movement with your fingers like he's some sort of ant Uh you know like he's I think he's little oh I think he's he's, a little man I think he's normal sized man and then there's some in her friend's house there's some giant dark entity that looks in all the windows which does sound very much like the BFG I loved that book, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and that was me that whispered it, by the way, if you just think you heard some kind of... Lots of people key. message us and say, oh, well, you know, 12 <laughs> minutes and 50 seconds in this episode, there's a whisper, and I'm like, it's Dan. It's always Dan. It's never anything else. It's always Dan just making weird noises. That, was, that one was 100% me. I didn't quite vocalise it as loud as I wanted. Have you ever been in a situation? Because I always find it really fascinating when people just have those feelings. So they can't... They, they might not necessarily have seen it, but they can sense it or they can feel it or they can like, they know that it's there and they know what it is. Have you ever had a feeling like that? Not paranormal, but I've been in a, like a couple of places when I've been out in the streets where I've suddenly felt like I need to go somewhere else. Oh, really? Yeah. A couple of times. It's funny, isn't it? Mm. I get those feelings from people and I don't know if it's like the line of work that I do or I don't know. But I like I can meet people and go, oh, you give me the heebie-jeebies and I don't know why. And then it generally turns out to be for a reason. It's the only way, it's the only thing I can think of that's like akin to it. I don't really have that paranormal sense that like, oh, there's some sort of entity here that's big and it's looking in the windows. Well, it's really freaky. Yeah. I don't like this. I don't like smells in places. That's what gets me, which is not really the same thing. Like what? Like... There's certain places that if if it's if the smell is too if any smell is too overpowering I'm not a massive fan of it but I hate that damp smell so if we were to walk into a house that was really damp it would make you feel and so I wonder if some sometimes those feelings are sub, like subconscious other senses yeah they're associated with like so hearing something that you don't like maybe yeah. at a different pitch or whatever or but smelling something that you don't like none of those senses make you see a man in a hat that looks at you Mm-mm. why do, Why does he have to stare like he's pacing but never takes his face away from her like that is does that mean he does the whole exorcist thing well Alexi you'll have to let us know well it's creepy enough as it was I don't really want to know actually 
Are you ready for another one? I'm also want to. I kind of want to talk about that big man as well. What do you want to talk about? The big man, the big man. Well, that's a different one, isn't it? We've not really had one like that before. No, and it's so I don't know. Like when I pictured it, I don't know if I saw a man. Oh, I thought that's what she said. It was. She said it was a big. Um, I need to hang on. I need to scroll back. I can't even remember. It's. She just says it's a thing. She doesn't say that it doesn't say it's a man, but it paces outside the kitchen window, which I suppose implies that it's a man. Yeah. But it's big and dark, and it moves really slowly. Mm. Like I can't see that as a man in my head, even though I can kind of see the BFG. But that's I'm not really that concerned about the BFG. No. But I think, it, like, I see it as just like a blob or like a, like an like an animal, like a big dog rather than a man. I read a story once, and I feel like it might or it might have even been on an episode where someone said about seeing someone outside their window, but they were like three stories up. Oh, shut the fuck up! That was on a Patreon episode. Yeah. I remember that story. Mm. Yeah. So this guy. So that's what it makes me think about. This guy in that episode. This guy was talking about a um, stuff was happening in his house, yeah. and then the kind of crux of it was that he pulled the curtains and there was a face outside yeah. his window and he was yeah. three stories yeah. up yeah. yeah that was the one I yeah. remember Ooh, that's that what it made makes me my, think of though that just is that kind of something curl. outside something that's an abnormal size outside and prowling 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 was a good word I think to use for that one story number two are you ready <sighs> don't know story number two is Lil's story at least I think it's Lil because you know when people have email addresses that don't have their name on it. Yeah. So I think it's Lil. If you're not Lil, I'm really sorry. It's not like Lil Baby. Or... No, no, no. It's not. It's not anything like that. It's so just... if it's if if your name is Lily, I've gotten this right. But I'm sorry if you're not Lil and you're going to know the story obviously as your own story. So I apologize if I've gotten your name wrong. Let's go. You ready? Yeah. When I was young, we had a family friend named Will. Will was always around from the time I was born until I was about two years old. He was like the older brother that my mom never had and the son that my grandmother always wanted. On December the 19th, 2003, Will committed suicide. Naturally, our family was devastated. My grandmother felt so guilty and I remember her being horribly torn up over the whole situation for years after. Will's funeral was the evening of December 23rd, the day before Christmas Eve. On the drive to a dinner at my great-grandmother's house the next evening, Everyone in the car was completely silent. It was, for my family at least, the saddest Christmas Eve ever. My grandmother and grandfather sat in the front, and my mother sat beside me in the second row of their minivan. Sitting in my car seat, I tilted my head back and pointed at the ceiling of the van. Granny, I said calmly, that man loves you. Being that I lived in the Bible Belt of the United States, and it was around Christmas, my grandmother assumed I was talking about Jesus. Yes, honey, she replied. Jesus loves me, and he loves you too. I shook my head, almost frustrated. No, Granny, that man. I was still pointing at the ceiling of the van. My mother and grandmother got goosebumps, but they couldn't get me to tell them the name of the man that I was seeing in the ceiling. After the dinner, we went back to my house. My grandmother had given my mother and my aunt a framed picture of Will, and my mother had hers sitting on the coffee table in the living room. My grandmother had been asking me again about the man I was talking about in the car. This time, I immediately went to the picture of Will on the coffee table and said, That man loves you. It's important that I mention that now I've absolutely no clue what Will looked like, but I probably would have known then. I suppose that a lot of this could be chalked up to the fact that my family was grieving and children do weird shit sometimes, but my grandfather isn't the type to buy into paranormal stuff, and he said he wouldn't have believed it if he hadn't been there. To this day, though, my grandfather, grandmother and mother all get goosebumps when they tell the story. Personally, I believe it was Will. 
It's quite clear to me that he was trying to communicate to my grandmother that he loved her, perhaps to give her some peace or to ensure that she didn't feel guilty. I think that it was the easiest for him to communicate with me because for whatever reason children seem to be more receptive to spirits and such. Whether it happened or not, it's a story that makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. But I wouldn't say it gives me the heebie-jeebies since it no way felt like a malicious encounter. That's a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah. It's a little bit of a, a, a step away from our norm. It is goosebumpy. But it's nice goosebumpy, I think. Yeah. Especially if somebody has died in like a traumatic way or in, yeah. or in pain or they, he obviously was in some sort of horrific pain to um, feel the need to do that. And it's nice to think that he could come back and say, yeah. like, I love I love you and this Threw is my way of... babes as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think there's something to that as well, though, isn't it? Because it's like just that unhindered... Well, kids just reality. are, aren't they? They yep. just know things they see things I'd like to do an episode as well on um, children who talk about their past lives because you know there's so many children who discuss like you know I died here like really famous ones and I want to do an episode on it can we just do an episode about the kids that swear because that's, well, that's far better I'm currently obsessed with Super Nanny and if you've never seen Super Nanny like who are you like there's nothing more satisfying than a child punching his man in the face like <laughs> absolutely kills me and there was a kid on it yesterday and she was like two and she just kept swearing just swearing all the time uh, the, the, my favourite bit about it was uh, that she just took her little one year old brother or sister out on the tractor out in the yard just went off for a drive driving around the yard with a little sibling in the back she's only two herself and then she just bowls it back in later and just left her brother out in the yard in the trailer of this tractor and everyone's like going mad looking for the brother and she's just in taking her well into the off <laughs> taking her coat off busy day at work it. yeah calling everybody <laughs> bastards and <laughs> loved it anyway sorry that's yes, beside the point but I think that's I think that there's that unhindered reality is what I'm going to call it that kids have mm. which I, I I really what unfiltered reality movie unfiltered I like that I like the idea that kids can see or feel things and obviously a kid isn't going to be frightened I like it in this circumstance because it's sweet yeah it's it is sweet story. it's lovely but there's also so many stories involving kids that scare the fuck out of me yeah but there are loads of stories about kids like you know talking about their grandparents coming back Hmm. And being in the room with them at night time and like, oh, that lady was stroking my hair last night and whatever, whatever. Which I think is quite sweet. Yeah. I mean, it's horrific. Yes. It's absolutely yeah. traumatising. But it's kids quite sweet as well. I think if I had a kid and they were talking like that, I would... Drop kick them down the stairs. Drop kick them down the stairs. <laughs> I'd be like, out you go. Then it wouldn't be your kid for very much longer. <laughs> no. Out you go. Sorry, I'm not having this bullshit in my house. They'd be like, mummy, the man, don't fucking care. Don't care. Get in that room. Jock, Shut up. Jock kicking down the stairs and then it turns out there's actually a man. Yeah, and the then door. I'd be like, oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just got carried. It's the podcast. I'm sorry. Okay, so our last story of the day is a long one. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. So Michaela sent us in a series of stories. Okay. And she, as she said, has had an incredibly haunted childhood. So there's stories in here that are like nice stories. There's ones that are like ones I've never heard before. There's like creepy ones. And she's kind of named them as well, which is really good. So you'll know when there's a new story. I like stories with titles. I know you do. (laughs) Everybody else loves stories with titles as well. They want you to do another episode. So you're going to have to do that. So are you ready? Yeah. This is Michaela's story. To begin, I believe the man with the hat is similar to shadow spirits. I actually think he is one of them. You have the monks who are creepy as all hell, but who don't do much, and then you have red eyes, shadows, who are said to be evil and can physically harm you. I think the man with the hat is also a shadow spirit, but I think they come and protect you from other spirits in your home. 
If you look back on most of the stories that you've told, they're always around when something else is happening physically to someone or they're clearly spirits in the home. To explain why I think this, I want to share the many stories from my childhood home. Buckle up, because I have so much to share. Oh dear. Before I begin, I want to give you some background. As a child, I was always sensitive, and so was my father. We lived in a condo from when I was one year old to six years old. While there, I was always scared to be alone and would hear and see things when I was. When I was six, we moved to what was supposed to be our forever home. It was my mother, father, older sister and I. My mother was physically and emotionally abusive and my father had a drinking problem that my sister and I did not know of at the time. When we first moved in, my sister and I could feel that something was off. The house was new, less than 10 years old, I believe. But it just wasn't right. As time went on, we slowly met more and more spirits, each with their own stories, places we saw them, etc. It just became a part of our lives. And here are a few of their stories. The dog in the basement. When we first moved in, there was a paw print on the floor of our basement. My mother scrubbed it off and we didn't think about it again until a week later. My mother called us downstairs and showed us that it had come back and asked us if it was a joke. She was very mad about it and cleaned it up again. A week later it came back and a week after that another one showed up. This continued until there were two sets of paw prints as if a dog had run through the basement. After a few months my mom just stopped cleaning them and they never went away. We could see the dog, large and black, around the house from time to time, but it never really bothered us. There is another spirit which used to stay in the basement. My sister and I both saw him. You would feel as if someone was watching you, and then you would picture him clearly in your mind. He was a younger man, in blue revolutionary war dress with a gun. He was also kind, and just seemed to watch over us as we played in the basement. For context, our playroom was down there. The girl who looked like my sister. This one is much creepier, and I still don't quite understand it. However, we were in a crappy situation, so perhaps there's a mental or scientific explanation to this one. Maybe we need Will here. (laughs) This thing was only ever seen once by me, and a few times by my mother. My mother would see her a lot in the basement. One time she was doing laundry, and she heard what sounded like my sister giggling. She got annoyed and told my sister to stop playing around. Then she saw my sister run from the back area near the washers to the other side of the basement behind a load of bins. My mom got super angry and yelled at my sister to stop playing and go upstairs. At this point, my sister came downstairs to the basement to ask my mom why she was yelling her name. <gasps> the time I saw her was worse. worse my own Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is like, Mm. this is killing me. My old house was on a hill. The driveway was a steep drop from the road and the hill levelled off behind the house before dropping down into another hill. At the bottom of the second hill was an area my dog played in with a trail leading to the woods. In the wintertime, my sister and I would position our sleds so that they went down the hill first, picking up enough speed to get to the second hill so we could have a longer and faster sled ride. We also used to play at night with the back porch light on. You could see the hills until he went down the second into the woods and darkness. One night, we were out playing and I wanted to sled down one last time before going in. I walked to the top of the first hill and positioned my sled just right. 
Only my sister was standing at the top of the second hill, right where my sled needed to go. I was tired and got annoyed, so I started yelling at her to move so I could go down. She just turned and stared at me. So being the little sister I was, I decided I would go and she'd have to move out of the way. But she didn't. In fact, just as I got close enough to see her face, I realised it wasn't my sister. And I screamed and sledded right through her before I plummeted down the second hill and into complete darkness. When I looked back, she was gone. I started screaming and crying and ran up the hill. My sister came running to me and asked me what happened. She'd been lying in the snow on the other side of the house wondering why I was screaming at her to move a few minutes before. And I will never forget this experience. Bruce. Bruce was a ghost in our house that we liked a lot. We imagined him to be a young teen. He played a lot of tricks. One night my sister and her friends were having a sleepover. They took out a frozen pizza, preheated the oven and went back into our living room to watch TV as the oven heated. However, when they got back, the pizza was gone. They were alone downstairs and it was just me upstairs the whole night. We never found the pizza. Another time my sister lost money and she found it a few days later, after asking for it back out loud, sitting on her folded clothes. These kind of things happened all of the time. We learned what his name was a year or two after the trick started. My father was drinking a lot and I was terrified to sleep alone so I used to sleep in my mother's room with her and my father would sleep in my room. One night, he woke up to see a little blonde girl in a, you guessed it, white dress come running over to the bed before disappearing. Later that night, he woke again to find a young teen boy moving boxes from the floor to my closet. He told my dad that his name was Bruce and then he disappeared. And you can see why I was so scared to sleep alone in my bedroom. Yes. Claria. This one is a ride. My sister thinks she is a poltergeist or a, I think it's a chalipa. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Message me if I'm wrong on that one. It's like a, I think it comes from like South America or Mexico. And it's the idea that it's the idea of willing something into existence. Okay. Like you always say. Mm. This is spirit which you bring into existence with your own imagination. It's important to note that she had two forms and followed me to the apartment my dad and I lived in a few years later. It's also important to note that each time I saw her in the house, I was pissed. And the second I saw her, that anger melted away. The first time I saw her, I was hiding upstairs in my room. My room was set up so that if I stood in front of my closet, you could not see me from my bedroom door. I've always been afraid of the dark, but I was so upset with my sister and my dad that I was more comfortable hiding in the dark than talking to them. Well, as I was standing there in the dark, a figure appeared a foot or less away from me. I could see it form as my eyes adjusted to the darkness in the room. It became its clearest once my dad walked back downstairs after not being able to find me. So there I was, standing face to face with this thing alone upstairs in the dark. What did it look like, you ask? It looked like static from a TV, with two holes where its eyes would have been and another hole for a mouth. The mouth was large and shaped like the mouth a clown draws on their face. Through the holes I could see my bedroom behind the creature. It was my height but slouched and it had long arms with fingers that were longer than a human's and made it look almost like it had claws. It just stared at me and all my anger left me. Then just like that it was gone and I ran downstairs to find my sister and my dad. 
The second time I saw her, she was in her second form. I cannot explain why I knew it was the same creature. I just did. This time I was walking down our hallway to the stairs. We had a second living room filled with older period furniture. This room had French doors, so even when they were closed, you could still see into the room. No one in my family liked being in that room alone during the night. Between the old-fashioned furniture and a large mirror on the wall, it was too creepy. The door to the room was at the bottom of the stairs, and I always looked in as I walked up the stairs because I always felt like I was being watched. This time, I saw what was watching me. Before walking down the hall, I had been in our living room with my mother. As I said before, she was not the nicest of people, and she had been her nastier self that night. I was angry and sad as I walked away from her and up to my sister's bedroom. As I stepped onto the first step of the stairs, I looked into the living room to see a girl, a little younger than me, sitting up super straight on the old couch. She had black hair that was in a high bun and her dress was blue with a green-yellow striped apron. However, the clothing looked as if it had been in water for years. So did her skin and eyes. Her dress was waterlogged and stained and her skin was not the right colour and you could see large blue veins almost popping out of her skin. She just sat there, turned to look at me and stared. I froze and we looked at each other for a few seconds before I forced myself to look away. When I looked back, she was gone and all of my anger was gone. I booked it up the stairs and told my sister about it. The last time I saw her was in her first form. This was years later when I was 15. For context, I was around 6 to 10 during the time of the other stories, probably around 8 when I saw her the first time. My father and I were moving into a small apartment in the town next to our old one. We had lost the house and it was just my dad and I, so we were moving into a smaller place. I was excited to start somewhere new with no spirits. My sister and I had made sure to walk through the whole apartment just to make sure there was nothing there before we told my dad it was a good place. I enjoyed being alone through my teenage years and was left to my own devices often. One night, before we moved in officially, my dad dropped me off with the boxes from my bedroom and headed to a meeting across town. I started unpacking and before long I needed to use the bathroom. The apartment was set up so that you had the kitchen in front and then the doorway to the living room had the door to the bathroom to the right. If he kept going straight, he went down a hallway to my dad's room, an office and my room at the end. As I walked past my dad's room, I had the strong urge to look inside. I turned and saw the same figure from before, only now it was larger, again my size. It had no mouth and red eyes. It was standing in the centre of the room, facing away from the door, surrounded by boxes. It slowly turned to look at me, and I booked it down the hall and to the outside porch, where I stayed until my dad came to get me. I was pretty shaken up and super pissed that this new place was haunted too. Just my luck. I had so many creepy stories happen to me as a teenager. From a girl standing by my bed for nights on end while I slept, before crawling around my bed and out my door each night, to nightmares about things pulling me into my then boyfriend's basement, and then waking up to see the same things by his bedroom door. But I would save these stories for another email. And I will end with these two final stories. The house regularly did an odd thing with sounds. My mother ran an in-home daycare and we always heard babies crying at night when all of the babies had gone home. 
My dad would also hear what sounded like my mother coming in with groceries and he would come downstairs to help her only to realise she wasn't at home. One night my sister and I were watching TV in my parents' bedroom and we heard a huge bang come from downstairs. We thought my mother was having a fit and rushed downstairs to see what she broke. She also heard it and rushed upstairs to punish us for breaking something in her room. We all met on the stairs and were instantly confused. We checked the whole house and found nothing had moved. A few months later, the shelves in my parents' closet fell down along with many boxes that were on them. No one heard a thing, and we were all at home all day long. Lastly, there were two times that children at the daycare were almost hurt by something in the house. The first time happened in the basement. My mother had a large playpen, which she had a child napping in. When she went to check on the child, she found them out of the crib and on the other side of the basement, with two bruises where one might place their hands if they were to lift a child. The second time happened when the same child was sleeping in a pack and play in my parents' bedroom. No one heard anything until the child started screaming. My mother ran upstairs to find the door flung open and half off the wall. The screws from the bottom were out and the child was in the crib screaming. The end. That's crazy. I know, right? What amazing stories. No, crazy stories. Like, Sick. Oh, imagine growing up with all that. That, uh, the other sister. I'm not down with that. That's like doppelganger stuff. That is horrific. Oh. And imagine going down and realising at the last minute that it wasn't her and then going through her. And you've oh. no way to stop. You've nowhere to go. You've no, at least the mum could like try and rationalise a little bit when yeah. she saw her running across the basement. She could be like, oh, it's just my imagination, whatever, whatever. She was like shouting at her to move. Yeah. Like, obviously looking at her for an extended period of time and then there is nowhere to go and you're on a sled and you're, like, just coming up to her and going, oh, my God, you're not my sister. What the fuck is that? Like, that is messed up. That's scary. That's really scary. And the sister's just oblivious each time as well. Yeah, just like, why is everyone shouting at me? What the fuck? (laughs) I'm just here minding my own business. But I I know I always say this, but, like, obviously there was so much trauma in that house Mm. with, like, a mum who was emotionally and physically abusive and then a dad. I know they didn't realise her dad was an alcoholic, but I think kids realise a lot more than they even know they realise. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So maybe the amount of trauma in the house attracted stuff to the house. Or just stirred stuff up. Or just stirred something up. Because she it's said a traumatic her, house in the first place. She said herself it wasn't, like, an old house. Do mm. you know what I mean? It was only 10 years old. So I just wonder if... Native American. She was like a beacon, do you know? Or the house was like a beacon. I'm ignoring your Native American (laughs) burial ground thing. But maybe the house is like a beacon for stuff, you know? And and stuff was... Because it seems like... Do you remember that story from the medium about the whistler? Oh, yeah. And how she sensed that the energy was coming from her house down the street? Yes. So maybe it's that kind of thing again, that kind of houses... Houses? Houses? Houses. Houses. Multiple of house. Maybe they give out. Maybe some of them do just have a bad engine, like attract stuff to it. Yeah, maybe. Because there's so much going on in the house. There's like the dog. Bruce. I know the dog didn't do them any harm, but like the little footprints everywhere. There was Bruce. There was like the little girl that wasn't her sister. There was that weird fucking static ghost yeah. bullshit. Ugh. And it's interesting that that only happened when she was angry. I wonder what caused the attacks on the kids. Because nothing's particularly malicious up to that point, really. There's some yeah. really horrible, nasty, like, creepy Visions, stuff. yeah. But not anything malicious. And then those two were, like, proper full-on energy attacks. Mm. But who knows? Maybe it's the spirit just like Bims doesn't like babies. Doesn't like kids. Yeah, Bim doesn't like kids, so she would be attacking them as well. Okay, so I just realised I'm eating an yeah, M&M. Yeah, what have you done there? 
I'm really sorry, listeners. I watched you put it in your mouth, and I was like, sure you're not going to do that. <laughs> I am. I'm doing I'm really sorry. I'm eating an M&M, and it's an M&M crispy as well, which is even worse. I'm like those people in the cinema I was complaining about earlier. Yep. <laughs> okay. I'm chewing. I'm sorry. My sister's going to hate me. Would you like some new reviews to make you feel better? Yeah. I'm going to give you three new reviews. Okay. The first review comes from Chopper Steve. Cool name. And it is entitled, Awesomely Delicious. And the body of the review is, just download it already. Is that what it says? Yeah. Awesome. The next one comes from Mimi's Mimisk Shadow. And it is entitled, Really Interesting. I've just started listening to this podcast five episodes in and I really enjoy the bantering and the stories. The hosts are really fun, not annoying in the least, and can keep the whole episode really flowing. So happy to find this. Keep it coming. That felt like a really thinly veiled, like, um, microaggression at somebody else. Yeah. Not annoying in the least, yeah. unlike, insert name here. Is it Mimic's Shadow? Have you Mi- just... Mimisk. Oh. It's definitely not Mimics. Okay. Because I've copied it from the review site. Okay. So Mimisk. And finally, we have Andy. That's how it's written. So that's oh, why did you say? You know, why would you say like that? Entitled. You could have just said Andy or like Andy. Why like, have you? Andy. Why have you deafened everybody again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> why did you have to do it like Andy? Why did I, you make it creepy? Because you know it was necessary. Mm. And it's entitled "Hello Emma and Dan." Hello. Hi. I love this podcast. I listen to every new episode Monday morning when I get to work even though they come out on a Sunday. I just love you guys. I just love you guys. You give... Ah. I'm just not able to read this properly. I've been staring at a screen all day, so I'm like... Oh, not able. I just love you guys. You scare the crap out of me. Keep up the good work. You are so welcome, Andy. So welcome. Thank you for your gorgeous reviews. And... I was celebrating. Nobody could see that, could they? I just realised we're not on no, camera. No, nobody can see. Thanks, Andy. So we've got some admin to do. Have we? Yes. If you want to talk to us, <laughs> if you're thinking, man, I want to have a conversation with you guys, then you can. You yeah. absolutely can. Yeah. I'm doing my like TV presenter face and I just realised no one can see me either. You can talk to me on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. You can talk to Dan on Instagram. At 50p Movie Club. You can talk to us on Twitter. At Real Ghost Pod. And you can talk to us on Facebook. We have a gorgeous, super secret Facebook page. We have a Facebook page called Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast, which we would love it if you gave it a little like. And then ask to join our super group, which is Real Life Ghost Stories or RLGS Super Group. And that is so much fun. And it's just lovely. And I just want to say that I just love everybody on that Facebook page. They're all so nice. Like, I never have to, I've never had to kick anybody off the Facebook page. I've never had to, like, moderate any comments or anything. Because everybody's just so lovely to each other. And if they if they disagree, they'll have, like, a polite argument about why they disagree. With no name calling. Nobody being, like, horrible to each other. You people are amazing. Yes, thank you. It's so lovely. If you want to send us a story, you can send it to Podcast at gmail.com. And finally... If you want to donate to our Patreon page, you absolutely can. My mum was on last week's episode. My gorgeous ma, who doesn't know what a podcast is, so she didn't really know what was going on. But she, I interviewed her about a particular story and she was just so good. So if you want to hear my mum, then go and donate to our Patreon. It is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories. And for $5 a month, you get 35 extra episodes. 
I think it's on 35. And that's it really, isn't it? Yeah, and there will be a new season of 50p Movie Club coming <gasps> soon. Because with... I have secured a new host and I'm very excited. It is very exciting. And that is a really weird, excited voice that just came out of me. Very but excited. I'm very excited. But it, you guys should be excited. Does Will know you've got a new host? Yeah, no, I asked him first. I okay, that's okay. Because I, I was going to say, oh God, Will's not going to know. <laughs> He's just going to hear this episode and go, what? No, no, no. I did, I did ask him first. I asked for permission first. I think you guys will very much enjoy the new host of 50p movie club and it is not me before no. anybody asks because no, emma can't me. sit for a movie no she cannot <laughs> so i would be terrible and on that note i've got one more thing to say sorry yeah, come on. um i'm gonna twitch again this friday so if you know what i'm talking about i'll try not to kill any characters um i'm playing outlast you're playing what playing outlast the game is called outlast oh the game is called outlast mm. okay um, what's your Twitch handle? Uh, it's Milo Skibber, M-I-L-O-S-K-I-B-A. And on that note, see we shall see you next week. Next week.